Well, thanks. Uh, it's great to be here this evening. And um, let's just pray for a moment as we come before the word of the Lord. Dear Lord Jesus, we just pray thank you for this evening. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the power of your word, Lord Jesus. And we ask, Lord Jesus, just prepare our hearts. Speak to us tonight, we ask, that we may be changed. And we pray this in your precious name, dear Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, well, it's great to be here this evening. If you don't know me, my name is Peter, Peter Evans. Um, and um, I've been, I'm sharing today on the gift of reflecting on Scripture, because we've been working through a series on the gifts. And um, at the outset, um, I think that uh, it's quite a difficult topic to talk about, uh, in a sense, um, because, of course, um, how is, it as a, how is it a gift? It's a gift to us. I don't necessarily have the gift of reflecting on Scripture, but it's very much a gift to us. And, uh, you know, we have this wonderful book, you know, and we've just been singing how wonderful, how marvellous a relation to Jesus. But we can read about Jesus and find out about him through this book. And, um, you know, this is a God-given resource that God has given us. And tonight I'm just going to share a little bit about reflecting on the Word of God uh, and also look at one or two helpers, how, what are some helpers that can help us in that process. So I hope that uh, you'll be with me, you'll understand where I'm coming from, um, and we might have a chance for a little bit of uh, reflection ourselves during the time. All right? Now, um, in 2 Peter chapter 1, 20, 21, it tells us, no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. For no prophecy came by human will, but by men and women who spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. In, creating, in the creation of the Scriptures, both God and human authors were involved. And that is reflected also in the Scripture we've just heard that Di read to us from 2 Timothy um, you know, God spoke through the human writers. They weren't like dictating machines, but they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So tonight, the theme is reflecting on Scripture. And I just wonder, what's the difference between reflecting and reading? You know, many of us read Scripture. Um, but I was just wondering, what's the difference in reading and reflecting? I mean, interesting question. And I remember recently, I was thinking about this, you know, how can I kind of look at that topic. Recently, um, I did a bit of, uh, I did some cooking. I cooked a meal, which doesn't happen every day in my household, um, but it started when I was in North Street the other week, and the fishmonger was packing up, and I like kippers. Do you like kippers? And I know I bought some kippers from the guy, he was packing up the shop there, pack up his stall, and I bought some kippers, and um, my wife said, well, what are you going to do with those? So I put them in the fridge. A few days later, I thought, mm, better cook them up. So, um, Kedgeri, do you like kedgeri? Yeah, yeah, I like, I like a bit of kedgeri. So I thought, I'd better find the recipe, because I had cooked this years ago. So I found this recipe for kedgeri, and um, I thought, you know, skimmed read it very, very quickly. I knew that I needed boiled eggs. I knew I had to have rice, how much rice. And I knew, what else? Oh, peas, I needed to have peas, a few other ingredients. A lot of you will know much better than me about this. Um, and I didn't really reflect, I didn't consider, I didn't evaluate. I didn't review what I was reading in this recipe. It was quick. It was task-focused. I had to get that food out. It wanted to taste good. 
I extracted the key information, I skimmed the recipe method, the result was okay, except for one detail. I hadn't worked out how long it takes to debone kippers. So little tiny hooked bones throughout. It takes a long time, doesn't it? So the family had to wait rather a long while for their meal. All right? And um, I thought, why did I miss out that detail that actually takes a long time to get the, you know, to debone the kippers? Um, because I'd been in such a rush. And yet reflection is different. Uh, it means reading, yes. But, you know, as the dictionary says, um, consider, think back, recapture, recall, dwell on, contemplate. And another word for reflect, all these words relating to reflect, is the word to ruminate. I like that word. Do you know what ruminate uh, is? Ruminating is what cattle or sheep or goats or even giraffes do um, because they've got different partitions in the stomach. Some of you know, might know about biology and science, but they've got different partitions. When they bite grass, they chew it slightly. It goes into their first stomach, and then it comes back later into their mouth, and then they can chew it more slowly. Um, and, you know, they're not rushing. When you see cows sitting in the field, they're not bolting down their grass. They're ruminating. They're chewing through it again, chewing the cud. And it's a bit like reflecting on Scripture, we can do it more thoughtfully, more thoroughly, for an extended period, all right? Um, it's concentrated. It's not just skimming or scanning, but it's uh, repeating for a second, for a third time, in a different way, coming back to the text. And it also takes the idea in, in of closer, deeper reading. So the first pointer for reflecting on Scripture, I said, just we need to be prepared we need to be prepared. That's the first point. I've got seven little points. I hope they're not too long. All right. Um, we need to have an attitude of preparation coming to the Word of God. We need to prepare our hearts. We need to prepare ourselves. Why is it important? Because this book is the Word of God. It's not like a rushed kedgeree menu. This is different to a lot of the reading that we do every day. And it's, it, we, we need to have quality reading. We want to maximize appreciation. And in, tied in with this, of course, is relationship. Now, of course, when you're making a recipe, relationship's there because you're making food for people, aren't you? And there's a relationship in that, hospitality. But when we're reading this book, it's the relationship, our relationship with God. It's a relational activity. And we want to do it really well. And um, the other point, of course, preparation, we need to set aside time. And we may not be able to set aside huge chunks of time, even for just 15 minutes, for many at the start of the day, to begin the day giving time in our relationship with God as a part of a, part of a quiet time. Um, this can be so important. And we need, as well as time, we need a place, a quiet place with God, and a place that we can meet with him. And so we need to, um, so that we can start our day as we mean to go on and as we ask God to speak to us. So why is this so important? Because we want to get closer to God. We want to grow in our relationship with God. As we prepare, we can ask God to speak to us through his word. We can ask Jesus to make himself known to us through his word. And we can ask for the guidance of the Holy Spirit that we have ears to hear. The Lord wants to reveal 
his heart to us through his word so that we can get insight and revelation from every situation we're in because there's no situation in our life that God cannot speak to us through this book. When I first became a Christian, someone said to me, Peter, you know, this book, there's no situation in your life that cannot be addressed through the words of this book. Now, it might not talk about specifics, but it is, I found it true. That was quite a few years ago. It is true that there's no situation that this book does not speak to you through. Speak through to you. Whatever the enemy may say. All right? So, basically, we need to uh, also have a bit of a rhythm. It's good to be doing it regularly. I think many of you know this. If it's a little bit like grandmother teaching you to suck eggs, forgive me this evening, you may know about a lot of this. But regular times with God are so key. And maybe choosing a theme or a book, having a Bible reading notes, those things can be real help. So having short passages. So the first thing is preparation. The second comment I just want to make is about journey. I think as we read through the book you know, of, of the Bible, it's like we are on a journey and some people find it helpful to approach the grand scheme of things and to actually read the whole Bible. I mean, I wouldn't ask people to raise their hands if they've um, read the whole Bible. I remember years ago I went to a theatrical, theatrical production of a couple of comedians who were doing an evening show of the Bible in two hours or something. It was like one of those kind of Monty Python things. And they said to us, raise your hands if you read the whole Bible. And half the people obviously were Christians to find out what these heretics were going to do. And we did raise our hands. But... You know, the actual fact is that uh, it can be really wonderful, rather like a pilot in an aeroplane above the earth can see the curve, the curve of the earth. You know, when we read through the scriptures, the grand scheme of things, we can see uh, where it's going. The pilot can see where the flight is taking them. And for us, as we read through the Bible, as we reflect on it, through our own stories as well, we are part of a much bigger picture journeying with God. Now, of course, that can take years to read the whole Bible. Some people do it in a year. I, I once was on a conference, a friend, a roommate was reading the Bible for a year, and you know, he was up very late at night, frantically trying to keep up with his schedule. I couldn't do that, because one thing we shouldn't do, I think, reflecting on Scripture, is have any feelings of guilt, because God does not want us to feel guilty. But um, anyway... It helps to read, have that grand scheme of journeying through the whole Bible. It does help our growth. It helps us to understand the Old and the New Testament from creation, New Testament, the law. And, you know, through the book of Proverbs. I love the book of Proverbs. Uh, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, turning a man from the snares of death. And one of the things that's helped me a lot in my reading has been reading Selwyn Hughes's little prayer guides. Um, every day with Jesus. And, you know, he used to read a book of the proverb, one chapter every day. And that's a wonderful um, book. But anyway, reading through the whole, whole Bible is a very, very helpful approach to doing this. And uh, one thing also is to keep a journal. You know, this is a very helpful um, habit that uh, many Christians have, keep a journal to accompany their reading. Another um, point helper in this whole process reflecting on scripture is questions. You know, asking questions of the text. And you know, again, you may be well aware of this, 
but it's just one way to approach it, to think about the context, the background, the content. And here, you know, this is a study Bible. I've had this for years. A brilliant help for me. Um, but, you know, you can do this as a community as well. But with the text today, we've read two texts. And Di read our second text, which is, All Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, correcting, and training. That's 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. David, could you put that on the screen? All Scripture is God-breathed, useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man, woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And, you know, when we ask questions of the text, this can help us. So, for example, we've read that, you know, who, what, where, when, why, how questions. When we look at that text, we can read it again. We can ask, you know, where and when was this written? And we can find a lot from the text itself. Sometimes reading the whole book can be so helpful. There's only four chapters in the second letter of Timothy. And, um, you know, who's writing? Who was the author of this? Do anyone know? Who was the author of this? I'm firing a question suddenly to you, sorry, without preparation. Well, Paul was the writer of Timothy, wasn't he? And he was a prisoner. So the first thing is, who, where was he? He was in a Roman dungeon. And he was nearing the end of his ministry. He was coming to the end of his life. And so when we're thinking about this texture, asking questions, this particular short two verses, it was a time of heavy persecution against the young church. And he was feeling very, very alone. And if you read to the end of 2 Timothy, we can find out that, you know, he's saying, I'm all alone. And, you know, do your best to come quickly. Demas, he loved this world, has deserted me. And only Luke is with me, but Mark, get Mark and bring him. I sent Tychicus to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak. He was cold. So we begin to get a feeling of the context of the situation of Paul at that moment. And he was feeling deserted. And how is it communicated? We ask who, where, when, why, how questions we can ask. Of course, it's a letter. It's not a parable or a song or a story. And who's it to? The very first verse of 2 Timothy tells us, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear son. So from the very beginning, we can say, ah, this is to Timothy. And that relationship, he wasn't his actual son, because we read, we can read in Acts chapter 16, when Paul first goes to Lystra, and he meets Timothy's parents. One parent was Greek, and the other was a Jew. And, you know, we find out more about Timothy's context. And, you know, we then say, where? Where was this happening? Where was it addressed? And at the time, we can understand, looking a little bit in the research, that it was to the Ephesian church. It was addressed to Timothy, but also to the Ephesian church, where it's believed Timothy was caring, was one of the leaders. And, you know, what other questions we can ask about it? You know, as we ask more, we discover more. We find out more about it. And that's one approach, is just asking questions. And we can get a picture in our minds, and we can help to paint the scene of what Paul's life was like then, what it was like for Timothy. And, you know, Paul's life was coming towards his martyrdom. He was coming towards the end of his life. And if we think about the persecuted church, that can help us in our prayers. 
You know, think of Amir, who's had to flee from Pakistan. We think of other Christians in, in the Maldives, in situations where they're under intense pressure. This text can help us lead into devotion. So these are also helpful for us. And it also tells us, that text, doesn't it? It's useful. The Word of God, Scripture is useful for, for um, teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. Teaching, rebuking, correcting, training. Teaching, rebuking. That sounds fierce. Okay, is there something in my life that I need to think about? Is God saying something to me? What does the passage say to me? Is maybe the last question we can ask. Is there something God is saying to me as we reflect? And, you know, we also, another point, we've talked about journey, we've talked about questions, we've talked about preparation. The other word I just want to say is submit. We need to submit to God's word. When we come to it, if we're not ready to submit to God, it's not going to be fruitful. And, um, you know, I remember from my own life many years ago, I talk a lot about it, but uh, I was very sick in bed for a month. Next to the bed was the Bible. And someone said to me, Peter, read Luke. It was a Christian home. I was recovering. I had hepatitis. I, start, I just read from chapter 1 to the end of Luke. And God touched me in my reading. He impacted me in an incredible way. And by the end of it, I was in tears. What is going on? And for the first time in my life, the power of the Word of God hit me. And so I encourage you, someone to read complete, complete books. But what I'm saying to you, I learned that we have to submit to this because it's a book of power. So we need to be ready to fall on our knees as we were singing earlier. Submit to God, to hush, confession. All right, we need to confess uh, and come before God in that spirit. And of course, the other point is focus. When we're reflecting on scripture, we need to focus. And, uh, you know, I was struck last Monday driving home uh, late at night, raining very heavily, driving the car, and my mind said, keep your eyes on the road, keep your eyes on the road, keep your eyes on the road. There was a massive puddle on the road, like anchors were thrown on the car, I thought it was going to crash, and it was going like that. No time to check the radio, check the cassette, check this, check, you know, the, anything like that, because my eyes, it was, you know, I had to get to my destination. It's the same with the Bible. Maybe we've got a tablet, we've got a phone, we've got a book, but the distractions today are unbelievable, aren't they? So many distractions in our lives. We're trying to get a quiet time. So I encourage you to focus. Avoid the distraction. Those ping, 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 you know, the email text messages come through. Forget about it. But one thing we can do is just let's have a little look. Um, I don't know how are we doing for time, Esther? Are we all right for the moment? Um, if we look at, let's have a little look at, at Psalm 119. The verses we read, 105 to 112. And the, the chapter we were looking at, uh, the, the one that Chris read out for us earlier, is just a few verses. And another way we can read the Word of God, and, 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 and the, another way we can um, reflect on it, is through meditation. And looking at this particular section here, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have taken an oath and confirmed it, that I will follow your righteous laws. I have suffered much. Preserve my life according to your word. Accept, O Lord, the willing praise of my mouth and teach me your laws. Though I constantly take my life in my hands, I will not forget your law. The wicked have set a snare for me, but I have not strayed from your precepts. 
Your statutes are my heritage forever. They are my, the joy of my heart. My heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end. And one way we can try looking at meditation is to look at a little text like that and put emphasis on certain words. Now, I'm an English teacher, so I know about pronouns and nouns and verbs and those boring things. But, you know, if we, ch- if we put the stress on the pronouns, just try, if we've got enough time, so for, have a little look at this. Just read that text again and just try emphasizing the yous, the yours, the mys, the eyes. Just look at that text. Your word is a lamp to my path and a light for my path. I have, I have taken an oath and confirmed it that I will follow your righteous laws. Take a break. Reflect. I have suffered much. Preserve my life, O Lord, according to your word. And you can continue just with that, looking at one particular word. Or you can look at the nouns, the the names of the person, the place of things. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. How wonderful is that verse, isn't it? Or we can say, I have taken an oath and confirmed it that I will follow your righteous laws. I've suffered much. Preserve my life, O Lord, according to your word. So reflection is taking one section, maybe taking time to go through in detail. We don't have time for this. We should have more of a workshop. And another way as well to focus with meditation is to memorize. So memorization you know, I, I, I've lived in Asia, and the Asians often in the countries, they're so much better at memorization than we are, I speak to myself. But, you know, memorization of Scripture, how good are, are you at doing that? I'm not very good at it. Are you good at memorizing Scripture? But it's something we should work at. And, you know, so it encourages us, to, it helps us to ruminate. Sometimes if you remember a verse, you're in a tough situation, temptation comes down, and you remember that verse, and it's just like a lifeline that saves you. Um, also through, you know, so it really can embed words into your heart. Um, and also music, of course, another way of being singing God's word. If I said, uh, if I sang this, do you, could you join this one? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Does anybody, can anybody shout out, where does that come from in the Bible? Matthew 6, 33. So just, you know, that little thing, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So sometimes songs can help us. And coming to the end now, um, we're on to, just coming to the end, another help for in, in, in reflecting on Scripture, I don't know if you've tried doing this, I'm not an ex- expert, I'm a learner in this whole process, but is retreating. And sometimes, uh, if it's a very sunny day, on occasions what I've done, take my Bible, not, not this one, small one, piece of paper, pen, and just gone off the path, up a hill, and there's a big oak tree with a huge broken down bough, and I'll just sit there, and I'll just 
No, no one else is there. And I just read. I think I'll have a look at Psalm 65 and just to be with nature, just recommend that. I'm sure, you know, again, many of you have done this. You can't do this in November, um, but it's a summer activity. But maybe you can talk to Frank. Maybe there's a room upstairs you can use for retreating. Maybe you can go away for a retreat. Um, And that is such a, a, a valuable thing to do, to actually go into a situation where you can retreat all right? And um, this is so wonderful for us. And, um, you know, I talk about memorization, retreating, um, and we know I would encourage you to, to do both of those. And, um, you know, why should we do this? And, you know, what does it tell us about the Bible? Coming to the end now. Well, Hebrews 4, chapter 12 says, it tells us, um, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing um, soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Now, I was going to ask you all to memorize that, all right? Memorize that, all right? Just spend a minute trying to memorize that. Could you memorize that? Yeah, all right? Um, But that, you know, just to memorize that verse, how valuable, you know, does anyone know it off by heart? Can anybody memorize that one? No, I'm putting you on the spot again. But memorization, you know, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double. It speaks for itself, doesn't it, really? You know, you don't need a preacher. It speaks for itself. And so from my own experience, let's just continue on this journey of reflecting on Scripture. And the last point I just want to say, we've looked at various points tonight. We talked about memorization. We talked about retreating. We've talked about being prepared. We've talked about journeying. We've talked about asking questions. We've talked about submitting, focusing, and meditating. And, you know, I've talked about retreating. But why do we do all of this? Why do we want to do this? Why do we want to reflect on Scripture? Because we want to move forward. Yes, we need to retreat, but we want to grow. We want to move forward with Jesus, to grow in our relationship. Maybe we need a breakthrough in our life. Maybe we've fallen into bad habits. Maybe we've got some blockage or a huge anxiety or something. Reflecting regularly and deeply can help us to a breakthrough. Maybe God is calling us to mission. Maybe God is calling us outwards. Is he calling you to move forward this evening? Because the Lord wants to reveal his heart through his word to us. He wants us to receive insight and revelation from every situation we're in. God has an answer, as I said, for every problem we face. And that is the word of God. So I just pray as I come to a close now that something from tonight will help you in your journey as a Christian. If you're not yet, haven't come to know the Lord Jesus and you'd like to find out more, please speak to myself or Esther or Frank or anyone. We'd love to share with you. And it just says to finish off, in Psalm chapter 1, three verses. Blessed is the man or woman who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. What is he like, that person? He is like a person, like her. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. 
whatever he does prospers. Amen.